welcome to the socialist this is keegan your host along with oh i guess our other co-host didn't come that's okay though because we have a real special treat we have not one but two brand new guests to join us star wars wikipedia experts joining us today i'm really excited to have these both these gentlemen with me here today they have been dying to get on actually even a little disappointed that they weren't one of the co-hosts but you know it's water under the bridge uh let's start off with the first guest joshua fernquist can you please introduce yourself yeah uh like you said i'm josh fernquist uh, i'm kind of offended keegan like i thought we were friends and this is what like the 15th episode like come on man like what the heck <laughs> My closest friends I didn't put on a pod because I don't want to ruin that friendship. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, I'm so I'm happy to be here. I love Star Wars. I'm happy to talk some Star Wars with with uh, with you two guys. I'm glad you're here. And Paxton, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, what can I say about myself except I'm here to argue with Keegan. That's that's <laughs> why I'm here. And uh, uh, I, I am definitely in the pro Last Jedi camp. Ooh. And uh, we're going to get into it, and it's going to get pretty crazy. Um, what can I say about Star Wars? It brings us together. It divides us. Hmm. It's everything to us. Paxton's going to be our uh, Clay Travis today for uh, the unique uh, angle that will sit and smile. No, I'm just kidding. Uh what these two gentlemen don't know is they probably actually live two miles apart. <laughs> oh, really? That's probably Fun the funniest fact. thing. Uh, maybe I shouldn't reveal where they live, but Josh lives by Iceberg, and Paxton lives somewhere in Daybreak. Wait, really? Well, that's crazy, man. Look at that. We'll have to we'll have to grab some blue milk and some other Star Wars treats that somewhere. After this, yeah, yeah, maybe some some roasted porgs. And I'm, uh, I, I couldn't eat one of those. <laughs> and I'm currently in Harlem right now, so we're all over. The, no, I'm just kidding. I'm in Dallas. Well, if you didn't catch on my little hints earlier, and what we brought up, we're doing a Star Wars podcast, and we're not going to beat it around the bush. We're rating. We are not rating. We are grading. The Star Wars movies and TV shows, uh, starting with the original Star Wars, working our way down to the Boba Fett series, which some of us have not seen, so we'll just briefly comment on that. Uh, similar to last week, we're going to be grading them from uh, Last Jedi to, no, I'm just kidding, from F to A+, like a grading scale. Hopefully everyone's familiar with that. But uh, pretty excited. Before we get started, let's go over our Star Wars resumes. Uh, I can start. Uh, I've seen every Star Wars movie, hopefully, because we're going to be grading them today. Uh, I used to go to KFC when I was like eight years old and gather all the Star Wars toys for episode one coming out. Nice. Um, I've seen every Star Wars movie in theaters that has been coming out during my lifetime so uh, i've had the action figures uh i've played the games 
Lego Star Wars is still like maybe the best video game of all time. Uh, that'll be for another podcast, though. Oh yeah, fun game. Josh, real quickly, your your background on Star Wars? Yeah, so like you, I've I've seen all the movies. Um, I love the video games. You know, uh, the original Battlefront, original Battlefront Two, Knights of the Republic, Knights of the Republic Two, Lego Star Wars, Jedi Knight, Jedi Knight Academy. Like those are just amazing games. Um, I've I've read a lot of the books. You know, a lot of the legend books, Old Republic. New Republic, all of that. Um, when oh, I'm there's bored, books. I'll, oh, there's 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 like hundreds of books. Well, I'm when I'm kidding. bored, I'll um I'll I'll browse Wikipedia. Like I just I I love Star Wars. Paxson, can you beat that? You know, I don't think I can beat that, but I can say that my heart is in the right place. I've seen enough Star Wars to know that I love Star Wars. And, you know, for every fan, I think Star Wars is as much about what you've seen as what you've reenacted or lived. And as a kid, I've had so many lightsaber battles in the neighborhood that a lot of a lot of bruises on your arms, a lot of crying going home because something bad happened during those lightsaber fights. But it really becomes a part of your personality as a kid and you take it with you and it's really a generational fandom my father introduced me to star wars he saw a new hope when he was in high school Um, i started seeing the prequels when i was probably like five years old six years old and now we're finishing or we finished the sequel series but I, i i see myself introducing star wars to my future children and it's really a beautiful thing. It's almost like religion. And maybe that's a bad thing. But we all accept it. And we try to love it. And it sometimes hurts us. But it also makes us friends. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. You know, that's funny. That reminded me. In How I Met Your Mother, there's a scene where the main character, Ted's dating a girl. And he like forces her to watch all the Star Wars, and she just hates them. <laughs> she just absolutely hates them. So yeah, I'm I'm worried that my daughters are gonna like hate Star Wars, but hopefully not. Hopefully not. I uh, the whole time I was listening to you talk, Paxson, I just was thinking, what a great podcast voice you have. So I just <laughs> wanted to throw that out there before we get into our tech now, uh, Mister Brown. Get us uh, some McDoubles from Paxson, but also get us some techno. Hit it. The Socialist. to know how many people catch these inside jokes but well i'll I'll give you this inside joke uh so our techno guy mr brown who's probably not listened to one podcast and doesn't know he's being shouted out every podcast uh you know paxton myself and wes we went to mcdonald's at like 12 30 so 
Sounds pre- sounds familiar, right, Josh? It's basically college, yeah. but high school. Yeah, that's what, that's what we do in college. in the morning. Yeah. Midnight. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly what we do in college. But uh, Paxson was driving, and Wes just ordered, like, endless amounts of food, and somehow Paxson <laughs> ended up paying for it. Oh, dude, that's rough. And it was it had a little beef there for a week, and then somehow I ended up taking the money. But you know the way I recall that story is that you let Wes and I fight about this, thinking that each of us had already paid our fair share. <laughs> but it turns out you, Keegan, were the one who never even pitched in, and you had at least I don't know probably three McDoubles and a McChicken or something like that. And so this these five dollars, these ten dollars we were fighting over, you were responsible for, and. I don't know. I haven't spoken to Wes in years, but we could blame it on that if we want. Uh, I'll give him a reason to listen to this podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Keegan. All right. Well, let's get into the Star Wars. We have a lot to cover. Uh, I know everyone's dying to hear us talk about Star Wars for three hours, but uh, we're going to try to do it in four hours. So, just kidding. (laughs) All right, so just to be clear, we're going off release of the Star Wars movie. We're not going in chronological order, because I think that might be impossible now, because the timeline is just so warped. But I think we're ready. Are y'all ready? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. I hope to make some people angry. (laughs) Maybe some force chokes. All right. We're going to start off in 1977. Just a year before Josh was born. Uh, Star Wars Episode IV, A New Hope. Was that okay, Paxson? The whole title? Yeah, I, I mean... Oh, yeah, is it... We'll just call it Star Wars, but, you know. Uh, okay. Uh, it was directed by George Lucas, in case you didn't know. Uh, I oh, would, it was? Okay. I would lead off that with a Rotten Tomato score, but fun fact, this doesn't have a Rotten Tomatoes review. So... Really surprising. There you go. But uh, Josh, what did you grade Star Wars IV A New Hope? So I graded the Star Wars Episode Four. I gave it a B. A B. Correct. Okay, Mister Fisher. A solid A. An A. Wow. Is there going to be room for the Last Jedi with that? Okay. So. I- <laughs> I'll keep my last Jedi jokes down to 20. <laughs> but I'll just I'll just try to save you, dummy. Okay, there's I'm just going to stop. Uh, I gave it a B plus. Okay. <laughs> um so Josh, you gave it the lowest score. Okay, and I want to clarify before we get into the rankings. If Josh gives it a B, it doesn't mean he doesn't like it. I'm just going to I'm just trying to help contrast to y'all why he gave it a B and maybe why Paxson gave it an A. So, Josh does not hate Star Wars 4. Let's not start off. Oh, no. But why'd you give it a... What what puts it at a B for you? So, to me, the the first film in a franchise is all super important. You know, like, the first Iron Man, Batman Begins, like, they're super important to the whole story. But I don't think they're ever the best. You know, Batman Begins is a great movie. Uh, Episode 4 is a great movie. But... It, it, it it's leading to something better, you know, like it's setting up the hero's journey. You know, you have Luke Skywalker. He's trying not to, 
learn how to be a Jedi. He has his master Obi-Wan, blows up the Death Star. It's a great intro, but it still leaves me wanting more. I want to know, okay, what's he, what's going to happen? Is he going to fight Darth Vader? Who's this Emperor person? Like, where is this all going? So that's why I can't really give it an A, because it's still leaving me, like, I'm still, like, wanting to know what's going to happen to these people, if that makes sense. Sure, and I'm not a big proponent of animal cruelty. Uh, them not giving Chewbacca a medal uh, is pretty messed <laughs> exactly, up. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and 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 like there's the joke, oh, stormtroopers can't shoot, and there's actually a really funny scene where one of the stormtroopers bumps his helmet uh, in the Death Star on on a door, and that actually wasn't scripted, um, but it's, it's, it's a super funny, super funny Easter egg. Oh. Um, but yeah, in terms of dialogue and story, it's great. Um, but yeah, it's just. To me, it's it's setting the universe up. So you, so it's setting up the story of the hero's journey and everything. So that's why I give it a B. Great movie, um, but it's it's really not taking it to the next level yet. That's fair with me. I gave it a B plus. Uh, similar reasons. Uh, Mr. Solo Paxson, uh, you gave it an A. Yeah, you know. So that's the second best you can yeah. give a score. That's right. You know, to preface my scoring logic here. I only gave like three movies a C and below. Um, okay, we'll go over those, and it was four actually. But for me, A New Hope really stands the test of time. That's really what we need to talk about here. A movie released so early in the history of like sci-fi films of this caliber. The originality of the story, while it may have been taken from other sources that we know from George Lucas who was inspired by Dune or all sorts of other um, books and I guess media but what's really amazing about A New Hope is how even though it was written so early on and um, didn't have maybe all the lore and the universe of the film to actually go off of it still stands the test of time and fits and feels like it's part of the Star Wars universe, even when you look at all 10, 11 of these films together. And yeah. the re-releases the re were, were kind of cheesy. George Lucas, when he added those some of those uh, CGI elements to the movie and you know made it so Han didn't shoot first, whatever. Ooh. It kind of messed with it a little bit, but I, I think it makes it better. Way, it does make it better. I agree. And I, I think it, it just... It sets the tone. It really stands up, and I think it's one of probably second or third best Star Wars film we have. I'm not gonna be able to. I'm not gonna be able to add anything y'all didn't. I give it a B plus. Uh, you know, having a brother and sister have sexual tension is a little awkward for <laughs> me. But you know, oh, spoiler alert: Luke and Leia are brother and sister. Uh, I'm really sorry so if I spoiled I... that. So, Keegan, I'm not sure if Lucas had them as brother and sister at that point. No, I didn't even have Lucas uh, Vader's father at that point. Is my understanding either? Uh, you mean you mean he didn't have Vader as Luke's father? Yeah, exactly. That wasn't gotcha. planned out. Okay, gotcha. Um, but yeah, it's a classic. Um, very rewatchable. Um, yeah, not much more to say on that one. Let's move on gotcha. to Star Wars Episode V. The Empire Strikes Back. It was made in 1980. So Josh was like three at this point. 
Yeah, Keegan, I'm I'm what forty seven. You're just so wise. I, I just forget. Thank you. I appreciate it. But uh, <laughs> Josh, what'd you give Star Wars V? So so I gave The Empire Strikes Back. I gave it a solid A. Okay. Paxson? A plus. Ooh. It's trying to one-up me. This is so predictable, guys. Are we? I gave it an A minus. Ooh, so Keegan has the low score this time. Ooh, controversy. Uh, so should I lead off? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, Why it's not an A or an A plus? Uh, I guess this is a nitpick. Uh, some of like the time passing doesn't make a lot of sense with Luke training with Yoda and then, you know, Han, Chewie, Leia, and C-3PO and R2-D2 flying through the asteroid belt. Uh, that whole part, I don't know. You just kind of like figure out the timeline. Like, come on. You guys know know what I mean? There are, there are some theories out there that say that Luke was on Dagobah for much longer and that he actually entered a, some sort of slow time wormhole when he went there. At least really? from what I've heard. Interesting. But I've never heard that before. That, that might actually explain part of the reason why it feels so hmm. weird. That would be, cause it feels like they're in through the asteroid belt for like a day, right? Yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah. I mean, so they definitely sit there you know, waiting waiting for the Empire and the Bombers to, to like leave them alone. So maybe they sat there for two, three days. You know, mm-hmm. who knows? But I like to think Luke's training is like months at least, just from his progression. Well, well, I mean, it's not like he's going like blow for blow with Vader. Like clearly, Vader's the better person. I mean, he's only fighting yeah. with one hand. Like he's clearly just just playing with him. Impressive. Hmm. I uh, one of my favorite Star Wars moments in any Star Wars movie is when he's hung up by that white monster, uh, and then he uses the Force to get his lightsaber. Just that music, the whole boom. I was like, ooh, that's like a moment you get chills. Wait, Keegan, did you call it the white monster? Yeah i I don't want to call it a black monster. What is it? It is called a wampa. A wampa? See? Uh, so the wampa gets him and hangs him up. And yeah, great moment in the film. Uh, one of the greatest twist cliffhangers in not Star Wars history, but cinema history. Is that, is that a hot take or is that pretty safe? Yeah, it's safe. Like Coldest take ever. Yeah. It is obviously one of the best <laughs> twist surprise surprise reveals we ever get. Almost no other movie did that before. And this is 1980 without social media, so you just have to sit there three years, no idea what's going to happen until right. Return of the Jedi. But yeah, just some little nitpicks. Um, I know a lot of people like the Hoth battle. I think it's kind of boring, honestly. I think... And I think the whole asteroid belt thing's kind of slow. Uh, so that's why I give it an A minus. It just, you know. But great movie. Okay. Yeah. Other, what are your y'all thoughts? You guys love it. I th- is it 
Well, let me clarify. Is this is? Are you saying this is the best Star Wars movie? Both of you. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yep. Me too. I agree with Paxson on that. Mm. You know, I think it's the it's very well written. The cast they gel like no other cast. They just really understand each other, and the characters we 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 understand the characters from A New Hope, and we kind of get a feel of who they are, but. Empire really kind of expands about expands on who they are, what they what they value, and you kind of see them grow in this movie altogether. And it really helps kind of bring that climax and Return of the Jedi kind of together. Just knowing what happens to them, seeing Han get frozen in carbonite, seeing Luke lose his arm, reveal of Darth Vader, it just it, it really does things that other movies did not do at the time, and it still stands today. Yeah, I mean, it's safe to say the originals are so great because of the chemistry of the cast is what really makes it so great. Yeah, I could see that. It just it just works really well. You care about these characters. Um, yeah, yeah, you just grow to love them. Josh, any other comments why you like it a lot? Yeah, just add on to that what Paxton said. Um, I so in episode four, A New Hope. You get to see the Empire, but not at their full potential. You know, like they have the Death Star, obviously they can blow up planets. You see stormtroopers, but I really love the opening battle because you see the rebels. You know they have their army, and they just get demolished. It just shows you how powerful and OP the Empire is. You know with their ATAT walkers, Star Destroyers, Super Star Destroyers. I just love how it sets the stakes of how powerful and just OP the Empire and Invader is. Um, it just shows you like how difficult it really is for the rebels and how much trouble they're actually in. Um, and, and I like the fact that Luke, you know, he fails, you know, he, he goes to try to save his friends and Darth Vader just, you know, demolishes him. You know, I like seeing that. I, I like seeing my hero, you know, struggle because I struggle, you know, I've, I, I like to be able to relate to my hero, even though, you know, he's a space wizard that can do things with his mind and I can't, it's just cool to me to see you know, even someone this powerful, you know, struggles and he needs to learn and, you know, gets his hand chopped off by his father, which that's super awkward at, at family reunions. But, um, but yeah, I agree. The, uh, the, the reveal of Darth Vader as his father is probably the, one of the greatest, you know, twists in cinema history. Um, it'd be like if in Infinity War, Thanos was like, I'm you from the future, Tony. I don't know. I just, I just thought of that. But, um, but yeah, it's a great movie and, one that you can watch whenever, you know, no matter time of day or time of year, it's pop it in and watch it. Yeah, it's funny you bring up Infinity War because I was actually thinking of another point. Uh, Infinity War uh, was so woe to everyone just because it wasn't necessarily a happy ending. Uh, yeah. But you actually think about it, Empire Strikes Back isn't a happy ending. I mean, Luke no, lost his no. hand, Han is frozen. And, Han's captured, yeah. Uh, looks pretty... Rebels are scattered. Yeah, Rebel, yeah. it looks pretty bleak. And so when you leave the movie, I mean, there's not a lot of, like, oh, well, what are they going to do now? Well, yeah, and once again, I think, was it three years between uh, episode five and six? Or was it or was it four years? Uh, three years. Three years. Because, yeah, imagine, like, there's an inter- internet and a social media. You're like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen to Han? Uh, what's going to happen to Luke? And it's like, like, like I want to know what's going to happen. You have, you know, three, three and a half years mm-hmm. just to stew on that. It's... It's great storytelling. I did not lead off. It does have a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, so that's pretty good. Oh, rev- that's a really okay. good review. 
But uh, let's go on to Star Wars 6 here. Uh, like I said, 1983, uh, it got an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. So a tad bit lower, but overall 82 still a really good score. Um, Josh, what'd you give it? Uh, excuse me. Whoa, so wait, wait, sorry. Also... Star Wars uh-huh. 6, Return of the Jedi. There you go. So I gave Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, I gave it a B. Okay. Paxson? I also gave it a B. Okay. Before I give mine, this was the hardest one for me to grade for some reason. Uh, Uh And I'll tell you why. I gave it a B plus. So we're all in the same, we're all in the same ballpark though. So, I mean, um, here's why I give it a B plus is I think the beginning and ending are some of the best in any of Star Wars movie ever. Like capturing in defeating Jabba and then obviously, you know, the end with Darth Sidious and Darth Vader is some of the greatest moments in just movie history for me. They just it just hypes me up so much. And then the middle of the Return of the Jedi is some of the worst ever. Hundred percent agree. That's I, I think that's yeah. the easiest way to summarize it. I think you also have to put yourself in the shoes of watching this movie movie for the first time, having only seen A New Hope and Empire, and it's been years. That beginning scene when you see Luke dressed in all black with his hood, you almost, it's hard to imagine now, having after having seen the movie so many times, especially when you're watching it as kids, but it almost implies that Luke somehow turned to the dark side a little bit. Especially oh, when he yeah. does like this for- force choke. Yeah. Really, you know, know what's happening. But yeah, Keegan, I totally agree. I think the ending and the beginning of this movie is where it really where it sets itself apart. And, you know, the space bottle battle over um, over the planet I cannot remember right now. But some, of the, some really good CGI moments. But it's really plagued by kind of this need to commercialize Star Wars almost. You start to see... Star Wars, and especially George Lucas, be a kind of a, a victim of his own success because they're adding extra characters in, Ewoks, because they know they can sell that as you know stuffed animals and action figures. And they're really just kind of trying to set this up to make more money off of it. A little bit. If that's what it feels like to me, at least. Mm-hmm. It's just... That, that that, is, yeah, I love point. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I could add on... So episode six was by far my favorite movie when I was a kid. Um, You know, watching this when I was six and seven, I loved the space battle. I loved the battle with the Ewoks against the stormtroopers. Don't say you love Leia at the beginning. That might. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually didn't really much care for the beginning of the movie, um, which Mm -hmm. might be a hot take here. But I I thought it was cool. You know, uh, Luke in his his black robes, he force chokes the Gamorrean guard. But I thought his plan was kind of stupid. You know, like, I don't know. It's just like he. It was a horrible he plan. Had, like, it, it didn't make much sense to me. It was this very elaborate roundabout way where all he could have done was just gone in there and been like, hey, I'm a Jedi. Give me Han or I'll kill you. I don't know. Like, maybe that was wrong of him to do. But, like, he had the droids go in. And then he had Chewbacca get captured. And then he got captured. And then I don't know. It, was just, it just seemed kind of roundabout way to do a very simple thing. But, but yeah, it's funny. The the older I get, the less and less I like this movie. So if you ask me in ten years, I, I'll probably give it a C. Mm-hmm. Just just because, yeah, I agree. Like it it has a 
really awesome ending. You know, I love that Darth Vader gets redeemed. I love the, the space battle where the Death Star blows up their ships. Um, but yeah, the middle, I agree with you. The middle is just kind of meh. You know, like they they go to they go to Endor, and then the the uh, the giant space bears, the Ewoks are just kind of meh. You know, they start worshiping C three PO as a god. I'm like, what is going on here? Um, so yeah, it's I agree with you. Like it's got amazing parts, and then just parts just want to fast forward through. It really brought out some big like Darth Vader without his mask, uh, redemption. Uh, seeing Darth Sidious in action, uh, just a lot of big moments. Seeing Luke as a fully developed, you know, Jedi, just really. That's why I think it's for me a B plus. I feel like overall it delivered the expectations for all that it was carrying in. Is that fair to say? Because it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't there, but I imagine this movie had some of the highest expectations for a movie ever. Just because four and five are just so huge. But, uh, yeah, I, I probably say probably one of the best moments in Star Wars is him. He catches the lightsaber and over the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> that just, is pretty cool. I'll give you that. Although it's so sad. They, they treat Boba Fett like a punk. You know, he, he gets eaten by Sarlacc. Like that's, I don't know. Or does he? Well, yeah, he climbs out of it, but like that was like forty years later. I know it's kind of funny. The most recent show is directly tied into what we're talking about. You know, it was only like a half hour later in Star Wars time. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. But it's almost like a Darth Maul thing where they didn't realize people would like him so much, so they would just kill him off. And then the fans are like, "No, we like him." So like, okay, he somehow survived. Uh, You you know, I'll I'll talk more about this when we talk about Last Jedi, but. And we should probably move this a little quicker, but I think Star Wars fans do have a problem where we romanticize some characters that have so little screen time and so little lines. And I think yeah. Boba Fett was one of those characters. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. And then and then Captain, Fa- Captain Phasma got that times two. Oh, definitely. All right, well... That's the original Star Wars. Uh, I think the lowest grade we gave the original was a B. Mm-hmm. And then we had up to... Did someone give... When do you all give it an A+. Plus? Uh, it was Empire. A+. Plus. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. We like the originals. I don't know anyone that... I mean, I think the worst someone would give the originals is maybe like a C+. Plus, maybe? I just... I don't see like a... Yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't see a lot of reasons why you would give these a bad grade. But uh, we go on to 1999, 16 years later, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so, Ooh. a little bit of a drop there. Uh, Josh, what did you give this one? I give this one a C-. Okay, Paxson? C. I gave it a C- as well, and if it wasn't for Darth Maul, it might be enough. Yeah, that's true. Like, the close... Actually, I'm gonna... This is basically the theme of episode two as well. If it's not for the closing act, this is a disaster. An absolute disaster. I mean, the, the, the like, first few scenes aren't bad, where they go on the Trade Federation ship and they fight their droids. 
But after that, it's just like, eh. Yeah. The pitch meetings for this is perfect. Oh, they are hilarious. They're so funny. Like, let's talk about trade routes and taxes. <laughs> uh, also, the Trade Federation implication on race is a little awkward, but I don't want really to get into that. You uh, know, it was 1999. <laughs> no excuses, but... <laughs> now you watch it now. George, George Lucas had a lot of problems. <laughs> what's yeah. age? As if you hear some podcasts, what's age the worst? It's probably the Trade Federation. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> or Jar Jar. That's not great either. But, oh goodness. But uh, so actually, all in the same ballpark again. C minus C minus C, right? Yeah. Yep. It's like, it's like we're not even here to argue. It's kind of upsetting. I should have given this like a B or something. I know. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. There's nothing really memorable in it for me until you know, Darth Maul. I, I, I'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah, Give me a minute it. here. Yeah. So the thing about Phantom Menace is that the expectations were just too high. There, there were Star Wars fans camped out for days to see this movie and they were ready to see it three or four times in the same day and were so excited. But it just, it flopped in some ways. George Lucas, he has this visionary way of thinking about movies. He always wants to push the bar in the terms of technology and technique and making a movie better than ever before. And in terms of its timing and what it was able to do, the CGI of The Phantom Menace was really well ahead of its time. Yeah. But... Where it really suffered was the writing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, in some ways I was introduced to Star Wars through The Phantom Menace. I, I had seen the other, the original trilogy, but I was five years old and this is my first theater movie of a Star Wars movie. Yeah, for sure. You know, Same. and I do, ha- I do have these like very real memories of my dad taking us to movies. And then as the movie ended, he would say, hey, can we sneak into... The Phantom Menace and see if it will catch the lightsaber fight. You know, those lightsaber fights way ahead of what the original trilogy could do. Mm, that's um, true. Mm. Yeah, but, like as a kid, I was like, the original stink. These lightsaber <laughs> fights are way better. As a five year old? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's funny. So, I mean, that's really what we only cared about, right? At the time was the start, the lightsaber fights. Yeah, when you're five or six, or you want to yeah, yeah. see cool stuff. And uh, I will say about the uh, the uh, prequels, I think they nail pretty much the casting. Like Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan, well done. Liam Neeson as oh, yeah. Qui Gon, epic. Uh, Liam Neeson as anyone, epic. So I mean, that's just kind of cheating. See, so, yeah, there isn't much I'd add to that. Um, you know, I agree with you that yeah. the the lightsaber duel at the end is awesome. Although, how Darth Maul just kind of stood there and let Obi-Wan slice him in half, like, that was a little bit plot armor to me, but, but yeah, just, just I, I, I agree with what I said before, there are so high expectations, and it just, I think Lucas just tried to do too much, with, and it kind of just flopped on him. And we could also talk about the Darth Jar Jar um, theories, but I don't know if you guys want to get into that. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they say that George Lucas did want to make him a bad guy. And then we all hated on Jar Jar too much that he just backed out of it. Yeah, he got cold feet. I mean, it it could make sense because you know you have when you meet Yoda, you know he's super silly and goofy and, and seems kind of dumb. 
and he turns out to, to be this amazing Jedi master. And kind of similar things with Jar Jar, but uh, uh, I might be grasping at straws there, guys. I mean, who didn't try the Jar Jar voice, by the way? <laughs> Amisa. Amisa back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that, that's pretty much all I got on that movie. I honestly wonder if C minus is too nice, but. <laughs> Well, you know, George Lucas, when he was doing his storyboarding for for this movie, he would say, Jar Jar, he's the key to everything. And yep, in that, this case, that's true. He, yep. he was really probably the biggest reason this movie kind of sucked, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, too many, too many poop jokes. <laughs> because poop's funny. Well, let's go on to uh, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. came out. Three years later, I. Th- That's just how they do it. It looks like they come out every three years. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Josh, what did you give this one? I give this one a solid C. Jeez. Okay, Paxson. D minus. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I gave it a D. A D. Once again, redeemed by the final act. Well, the final final act. All right, Josh, you give it a C. So you really like sand? <laughs> no. So it's funny. I was talking about this with my wife, and she actually loves episode two um, because she loves the love story, which I don't really understand that. But I love her, so you know what she says is correct. So, but anyway, um, but yeah, I agree with you. Just, just some of the most painful dialogue is in this movie. Like, I hate sand. And then just their love story between Anakin and Padme is just like, you met him when he was like a boy and you were like a mom to him, but now you like love him and want him. It was, it was just like, ugh, it was just, was so, so you know, like just, ugh. Um, but I really, really like the ending, you know, where they go to uh, the arena and they're going to get eaten by those big space monsters, the Ackley and all those things. And I, w- I would rewatch just the clone battle with the droids just on repeat as a kid. I would just skip, to- I would just go there and just watch that 10, 20 times in a row. And that was my favorite thing to watch as a kid. That's probably why I have it as a C more for nostalgia than in terms of actually being like a decent movie. So maybe C's a little higher for me, but I just have so many great memories of watching that in the theater and at home. Uh, the final battle where the clones come and then there's a big battlefield with all the droids and everything's going boom, boom, boom. You know, blasting, um, but I can definitely see, like the the story is isn't the best. I, I mean, it's better than Phantom Menace, I would say. Like, it makes more sense of Phantom Menace. But gosh, Hayden Christensen, that dialogue, he just oh, it's he's so painful to watch. Well, I just want to remind everyone that this podcast, you should subscribe because it's not just for the men, but it's for the women and the children too. <laughs> Murdered a village and Padme was like, I love you. <laughs> I forgot about that. Right. Y'all, listen to this quote. And now that I'm with you again, I'm in agony. The closer I get to you, the worse it gets. The thought of being with you. I, I can't breathe. I'm haunted by the kiss that you should never have given me. My heart is beating, hoping that the kiss will not become a scar. You're in my soul, tormenting me. What can I do? That should not be in Star Wars. 
Whew. You know, I don't have a problem with character development and trying to make two characters important to each other through love or whatever it might be. But the only the place where this movie just really suffers is just writing and dialogue. And I cannot tell if Hayden Christensen was just written really badly or if he just did not really carry this role the way he should have. Given all of that, this movie does age pretty well, only thanks to the memes. And <laughs> yeah, the, the memes are legendary. You're right. They are legendary. But overall, yeah, this is how it goes. Enough said. Yeah. Just some memorable scenes I want to point out. Yoda with the lightsaber, obviously. Mace Windu. Pretty epic moments. Uh, I think Count Duke is pretty cool as well. Really? So. I was, I was we, we get Django Fett. We kind of get an introduction into where Boba came from. Yeah. Probably, yeah. probably at for the fan service. I don't really know, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. This is where uh, my Obi Wan cheated with Padme uh, theory happens as well. <laughs> so. Wait. Wait. What? The theory why uh, that Obi Wan had an affair with Padme. Based on what? Just based off, you know, Anakin's like with Obi Wan, and then we'll get to it. But okay. But uh, between, how do you guys want me to do this? Do you want me to go into Star Wars three, or do you want me to do the Clone Wars show? Um, go ahead and do. Sorry, what? Let's let's do Clone Wars. Just briefly talk about it. I don't think we need to talk a ton about it, but yeah. You know, here here's my ranking for Clone Wars B plus. You, Josh. Uh, I also have a B plus. I gave it a C. There's just too much to go through. Sometimes I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'll say a few negatives of the Clone Wars. I think there are definitely a lot of filler episodes. A lot of episodes that are very much meant for kids to watch. It is a kid's oh, yeah. show. It oh, is yeah. a kid's franchise. These movies and shows are meant for kids. But sometimes there's a few too many Jar Jar episodes. Or a few too many R2-D2 <laughs> and C-3PO episodes. But if you do find the episodes that are important to the canon of Star Wars that really link Episode 2 and Episode 3 together, I think that's where Clone Wars really shines. It makes you like Anakin and actually appreciate who he is. And you actually kind of understand where the Republic is, why it falls, why why the Jedi get um, fooled so easily. And you actually also gain appreciation for the for the clones, of course. And but that's really all that can be said about it. A lot adds a lot of extra canon and lore to Star Wars that we didn't have before. But it really helps the prequels feel a little bit more mm-hmm. complete. Just so it's clear, I said Clone Wars is better than Episode One and Two, so it's not any hate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if I could just add on to to, to what Paxton said, um, I really love how it shows that the clones are actually people, you know, like Captain Rex, like he's probably the most famous clone of all the clones. And I could, I just love how like he almost has like a brotherly love to Anakin and Ahsoka. Also Ahsoka, like she, she starts out, in my opinion, as a really, really bad character, um, but she really develops into this, you know, very, very strong, very realistic, very great, you know, lead, you know, which, which I feel like is what Ray should have been, but we'll get to that. Um, 
I, I, I agree with Pax that there were a lot of fill episodes. There was too much Jar Jar. Um, my favorite was definitely the last season. Uh, there were a few Ahsoka episodes that were filler, but I just love Order 66 from her perspective. You know, there's some super funny memes, too, with her about how she's like, no, I won't kill clones. And then meanwhile, you see Yoda just chopping people's heads off. Um, but yeah, I just I just love Order 66. Like, you're told what's happening in the Clone Wars that's happening in Episode 3, and it's just so cool. You know, oh, I can just kill Count Dooku. Oh, Obi-Wan's about to go find General Grievous. You know, I just there is all of it necessary. No, have I watched it multiple times? Yes, um, but yeah, that's why it's a B plus to me. There's a lot of good stuff, but there's a lot of stuff that I can just skip over. All right, no comment from me. I don't have any passion for Clone Wars for or against. That's why it's a safe C. Uh, nice. I begrudgingly watched it as a Star Wars fan, but it was interesting. The last season's good. That just came out recently. Yeah. I love it. But uh, let's go to Star Wars 3, Revenge of the Sith, 80% Rotten Tomatoes, 2005. Josh, what did you give it? So this one, kind of hard for me. I go back and forth on it, but I gave it a B plus. Okay. I also gave it a B plus. Dude, we should become friends. Like, this is awesome. Two miles apart. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, I gave Star Wars Revenge of the Sith an A. An A? Wow. Ooh. So, Keegan, why did you give that an A? I'm curious. First off, you have to see, is it the biggest miracle ever that it had Star Wars Episode 1 and 2 build up to this and somehow it was a great movie? Like, that in itself is something. So, so Keegan, remember, at one point, Anakin said... Love won't save you, Padme. My my new powers will. Oh well, I get past that. If they're the whole point of the prequels, in my mind, was this movie. If they get this movie right, then it was worth it. And they nailed it from start to finish. It's paced awesome. I think all the scenes are great. Uh, by the way, the score of Revenge of the Sith is phenomenal. Just like. That's just a great soundtrack to listen to. Um, Darcidious, my goodness, he's so good in this. Do it. Do it. No. You will die. I am the saint. It's just... This this movie has the best memes ever. The best memes ever. Without a doubt. It's just... From start to finish, I, I love it. From the very get-go, gets right into it till the very end. The epic, you know, duel between Obi Wan and Anakin. Uh, General Grievous is awesome. Um, I think how they play out, you know, Anakin's turn going. In, I mean, it's really dark. You know, he kills younglings, even though it looks like Obi Wan try not to laugh. <laughs> uh, hello there. Just a, I just, I just think start to finish, it's great. Uh, that's my difference between that and Empire Strikes Back. I do think there's some slow parts in Star Wars Five. Uh, I don't think there's that in this one. Um, interesting. I just, I did not used to say this. It's just aged for me very well, and I think it's one of the easiest ones to rewatch as well. I really like it, and I think it deserves more credit. 
All right. I can't argue with that. I think part of the reason you like it is because when you see the contrast of a decent movie compared to the terrible movies before it. And after. (laughs) And after. You kind of realize and appreciate what it actually is. The CGI, the graphics are very well done. They still hold up today in many regards. And overall, it's just a it's a fun movie. It's fast paced. It doesn't have a lot of slow slow scenes. The writing is relatively good. Hayden Christensen still has some weak acting moments, but you actually do see kind of this ending that you want to see as a Star Wars fan who's been waiting to understand how Vader came to came about, and you finally get that that ending you want. And not all of it makes sense. Not all of it is, I guess completely well thought out but it is the ending we need and it carries us for the next 12 years until we get and get to uh episode seven it really does live up to its expectations and i agree it's b plus yeah yeah i don't really have much to add um except for i think episode three has the best opening scene ever like yep. that, it's almost as good as the opening scene to The Dark Knight. That's legendary. Which Star Wars but movie yeah, just, is that? Uh, episode seventeen, yeah, The Dark Knight. Um, but yeah, just not much else to say. Um, hot take: I didn't really care much for the lightsaber lightsaber duel at the end. I thought it was a little much. Um, but but yeah, Palpatine is awesome. He has some of the best lines in cinema. Uh, my only why it's a B plus for me is it's a tiny bit slow in the middle um, when Palpatine's kind of just talking to him at the weird bubble show, um, and then some of Anakin's lines are a little. Eh, that that tension me. is so good though. Did you ever heard of the legend of Darth Plagueis? <laughs> Darth Plagueis the Wise. But yeah, just I. And one more thing, I wish they had focused more on Obi Wan as the main character because I don't know because he's he's telling Luke the story. In episode four, I wish they would have focused a little more on him. Um, but I get it. Like, you want to show why Anakin became Darth, yeah. Darth Vader. Um, but yeah, like, hello there. Do it. Like, that's some of the best best lines in Star Wars. That's why it's a B plus for me. The, every time you watch it, do you secretly, like, think Mace Windu's going to make it this time? Like, he's not going to actually. Like, every time I watch it, it's, like, painful for me when Mace Windu loses his arm. I'm like... No, every time I'm in <laughs> denial of it happening. Oh yeah, do you guys like how they portray Jordan Grievous, or is he a little weak for you guys? I'm not strong either way. Yeah. Don't have any strong opinion about that. I thought he was a okay. fun character, but yeah, gotcha. Yeah, but yeah, it's my favorite Star Wars movie. I know most people disagree, so whatever. All right, so we've gotten through basically the first half. Uh, next is Star Wars Rebels. Uh, probably, well, I don't know. I'd probably say it's probably the least seen of the Star Wars content. Uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. lead off. I've seen only a few episodes, so mm-hmm. I cannot really give it an accurate grade. Uh, it has a 98% on Rotten Tomato, so really impressive. But I understand you gentlemen have seen it. Yeah, I give it a, a B minus in my book. B minus, um, and I'll give Star Wars Rebels a B. 
Okay. Yeah. I don't think there's much to say about Rebels other than... No, not really. Not really. It's fun. It's yeah. Star Wars. Um, I don't think it has as much weight as Clone Wars. I don't think... I think it, at least its first seasons, kind of are a bit more geared towards children. And mm-hmm. I think that's totally fine for what it's trying to do. Um, but we do get some good moments. Ahsoka fighting Darth Vader. Ooh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's awesome. And... There's a lot to branch off of in this series. There's the potential to kind of like learn about characters and other forms of media or to have spinoff shows in some way or another. Um, but overall, it's almost just like a separate story of Star Wars happening around the same time of A New Hope. You know, that's really all all that's happening. And mm-hmm. you get mm-hmm. to appreciate the characters for who they are, but they don't, all, they don't really like link into the rest of this Star Wars trilogy's um, that we really like them too, I would say. Yeah, they, it kind of like happens, and then like, okay, you're gonna go over here now. While you know, episode four, five, and six are happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely true. Um, I got to be because I love Thrawn. I love Admiral Thrawn. So I think he's such an awesome. You say character. thong or throng? Thrawn. Okay. Need to um, see if I need to edit that out. And I like it because he goes toe to toe with these Jedi and. And it's not based on, you know, physical power. It's on his intellect. And so that's why I love that they brought him in. You know, he was able to, you know, outsmart, you know, these these space, which is these Jedi. And so that's pretty much all I got. It's I love Thrawn, and I'm glad they brought him in. You know, I've read the overall story arc of the show, so I'm, I'm familiar with, the, like, the characters and what goes on. Uh, it really seems like Disney Plus is using a lot of elements from this for future shows. A lot of Easter eggs in The Mandalorian. Uh, is what it seems like, and it seems like those were transitioned well, is my understanding as well. So, yeah. we'll move on to 2015, Star Wars The Force Awakens. 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Mm-hmm. This one was also hard for me to rank. I will say, leading into it, it's probably aged the worst for me. But I think we'll, I think people understand why that is. But Josh, what did you give Force Awakens? So I gave Episode Seven, The Force Awakens, a C. Okay, Paxson, B. Oh, I gave it a C minus. <laughs> uh, I'll go so, first with the positives. I think mm-hmm. The Force Awakens, it is a bit too nostalgic. Well, I, that's not a positive. That's a negative. Well, here are the positives. <laughs> it's fun. It's a good way to reboot the series after it's been gone for so long. Mm-hmm. Especially after Star Wars was acquired by Disney. They had to do something that felt big, at least in scope, but they had to make it familiar. And it's fun all the way through. You get all the you get Han Solo back. You get Chewie. You get these new characters like Finn and Rey and Poe Dameron and you definitely start to kind of feel like oh yeah this is them setting up this new this new generation of Star Wars and you feel for it even though it's the exact same plot as what we've already seen in A New Hope but at least we get to see it in its glory of 2015 cinema with much better uh, um, cinematic effects and much better CGI and you just feel, it, when you first see it in theaters, it just feels like a ride to be able to see Star Wars again. But that's, that's, given all of that, it doesn't age super well. Yeah. 
Yeah, just to go over what you said, Paxton, this was probably before Infinity War and Endgame. I was probably the most excited for this movie over any of them. You know, I had, this is, I was, let's see, in 2015, I was 22. So this is like the first time as an adult I was seeing a Star Wars movie. Um, and the reason I gave it a C is because when you do an assignment and you copy and paste and you give the same thing in, you're always deducted a letter grade. And I gave episode four a new hope a B. And this is episode four, but with better paint. So that's why I give it a C. <laughs> and that's pretty much all I got to say on it. That's well put. Mm. Um, when Force Awakens came out, if you told me to grade it then, I probably would have given it like a B or B plus. I thought it left with some good cliffhangers. Um, I actually kind of like how they kind of kept Luke out of it, creating this like big mystery cliffhanger. Oh, what's going on with Luke? I, I actually did think that was clever at the time. Uh, I actually thought they did a pretty good job implementing the new characters at the time as well. I thought Ray and Finn, Kylo Ren, Poe, I thought they were compelling and interesting. Uh, so, you know, I was like, okay, I can get into these characters. Um... Yeah, and I was really excited for the next movie following it. Uh, when Force Awakens came out, I was not like, oh, Star Wars, it's ruined. I don't get it. I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah, it's a rehash of Star Wars 4, but Star Wars 4 is great. So, nice. Um, the reason I give it a C- is it's kind of like all the hype and buildup what this movie brings is let down by the following films. So, really, that hype I have for it is just in vain, because it turns out to be a bunch of junk, which is almost so, a direct quote from the next movie. So, Keegan, I'm guessing Paxson's going to tell you you're wrong pretty soon, so just, just, uh, just get ready We've got to talk it. about Rogue One first, and yeah. we'll get into it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Rogue One, a Star Wars story, came out 2016. It's the ultimate, we're going to fix a plot hole movie of all time. <laughs> uh, 80, 84% Rotten Tomatoes. Um, what did y'all give it? Josh? So yeah, my score pretty much agrees with Rotten Tomatoes. I give it a B-. Okay. I gave it an A. A? Interesting. All right, I gave it a C plus. Oh, wow, this is different. C plus. C plus. Yeah, that's good. That's better than that's. I promise you. Spoiler: That's going to be better than all the sequels. So, dude, if I got if I got a C plus in one of my classes, I get kicked out of my program. So that's not a good thing. Okay, let me clarify. So I have it better than all the sequels. Better than Clone Wars. Better than Star Wars two and one, and Clone. I already said Clone Wars. And then uh, a couple of other ones we're going to talk about later. So I said it was above average for Star Wars. <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead and hear the positive first. Rogue One captures everything we loved about the originals. I think it's the greatest way to summarize it. And it introduces characters that are really easy to like and really easy to appreciate. Really? All all while, <laughs> all while expanding upon everything we loved about Star Wars and the originals as well. Dude, really that, great. That, that... Go ahead. So, 
<laughs> did you did you like write that down? Because it's not like you read it from a script. No, I don't write any of this down. This is all from <laughs> my heart. That is impressive. That is very impressive. I just I didn't. So are you one of those people that's excited for the Andor TV series? You know, I'm not really excited for that. I just think this was a good movie. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's a good movie. Uh, ultimately, it's a plot hole movie to fix. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. It's a prequel of an original. It's like a prequel, but not a prequel. <laughs> I don't know. You, you know, the, the second half of the movie definitely... Uh, I don't know if you would call it slow pace, but it definitely isn't as good as the first half of the movie, building up all this expectation. And um, as we develop these characters, the finale is okay. But you know, what's really, what? amaz- what's really amazing about this film, when I say finale, I mean like everything leading up to Darth Vader, of course. Oh, yeah, obviously, I was going to say. Obviously, oh, obviously the Darth oh, Vader scene and with Leia that, and everything. That, that hallway scene. Oh, I don't chills. care if it's fan service. I needed chills. it. That was some of the best Star Wars you could ever see. Oh, dude. But you know, like, what oh. What was truly amazing about this film is that you got, a lot of people forget that halfway through like editing and finishing this film, or it wasn't even editing, I, I guess like halfway through production of this film, they cha- they dropped the directors and changed out the directors completely. And they had to go a totally different route with the, the film itself. And so much of the B-roll and the actual fi- uh, filming they did for this film was not actually used. Hmm. Wasn't that for Solo? No, this was for Rogue One. Hmm. So you're demanding they release the the Snyder Cut of Rogue One? You know, it would, it would just be a bunch of B-roll of them inside, like, stealthy rebel suits and doing things but it won't be any like plot but yeah that'd be fun (laughs) i mean to be fair about this movie like i mean i i mean i think it was as good as you could have possibly made it for the parameters of the story that you're working under if that makes sense like we know what's going to happen Mm -hmm. it's not like but i still think it does a really good job at like keeping you like interested and intrigued so you know i find that impressive uh i mean sadly for star wars fans it's the best movie since revenge of the Sith, which i don't know is a great thing in my opinion it's the best movie since revenge of the sith i said movie let me clarify that movie was there anything else we want to add for that one uh, the only thing I would say is um, I think it's an amazing story. I love it. I didn't care for the acting, the characters. I, I didn't care for any of them because I knew they were going to die. So, but yeah, I thought the story was so cool. But yeah, that's that's all I got to say. <laughs> Are we ready? <laughs> Do it. Uh, In 2017, Ryan Johnson took down Star Wars fandom and split them in half. With Star Wars The Last Jedi, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I guess I don't understand. Josh, what did you give The Last Jedi? So The Last Jedi, this was the probably the most hype I ever felt for a movie. 
I watch so many like theory videos, you know, breakdowns of trailers that I was so excited to see this movie. Like Birth of My Child in Last Jedi seeing it was like right under it. Like I'm being honest. Um Cause Force Awakens built it up so nicely. Oh, it was such a cliffhangers. But unfortunately I have to give episode episode eight of Last Jedi a D minus. Oof. <laughs> and Paxson? You know, you're gonna have to run a poll. I actually I already know the result of the poll. Most everyone <laughs> hates The Last Jedi. But you know what? I understand what being a Star Wars fan is, but I recognize what not what we wanted as Star Wars fans, but what we deserved. Mm. And The Last Jedi was a product of what we deserved as Star Wars fans and not what we wanted. And I think it backfired, obviously, but I gave this movie an A-. minus. That is some... Ugh. Start the camera. <laughs> An A minus? Uh, I don't know if I can take you seriously anymore. A minus. You guys don't know what I gave it? I hear an F right here, I'm sure. It F is minus. a big fat F. <laughs> I'm mad at Josh even gave it a D minus. I'm ashamed of you now, Josh. A D minus? That's how bad it is. It's not even a D minus. By D minus, you're implying it got a sixty percent. Uh, sixty one. Sixty one. Yeah, I'm implying it got like a five percent on this test. <laughs> oh my gosh. Rose is the worst character in cinema history. I'm sorry she got attacked by fans, but she is the worst yeah. character of all time. That was sad what happened to her. Hope you know, her. Rose maybe not be the character you like. But I think she's interesting. I think she's fun. I think fun. she's a type of character we don't usually see in Star Wars. A bad character? No, not necessarily. Dude, there's plenty of bad characters. I would take Jar- I would I would take Jar Jar in a heartbeat over her. Mm. <clears throat> mm. Do do I need to get into my spiel here, or are you going to just hammer Last Jedi, and I'm going to have to answer to everything? You're going to have to answer to everything. Okay. Yeah, let me uh, let me go off of that. I <laughs> Sorry. For, every, for every reason that I loved Luke's hero's journey is why I hated Ray's journey. Because, like, I'm not going to get into the general politics of, you know, oh, Luke's better because he's a man and Ray's better because he's a woman. Like, that's – I don't go to a, a movie to because someone's a certain gender or a certain race. I go because it's a compelling story, compelling character. And Ray, to me, they had such great potential of this character who was abandoned by her parents. You know, what are her motivations? Her motivations are to find her parents, to figure out why she was abandoned, you know, to find a father figure. You know, Hamas Ham was supposed to be her father figure. And then Luke was supposed to be her father figure. And the first scene she has with Luke is where he just chucks the lightsaber over his shoulder. And I remember watching that being like, what am I watching? Is this Star Wars or is this a Marvel movie? And then the beginning scene with, with Poe where he calls um, General Hux and he's like, is General Hux's mother's there? And I'm like, are we watching a Marvel movie, people? Like, is, or is this Star Wars? It's just like you're going against a genocidal group of people and you're making jokes. Like, and somehow the ex, his X-Wing takes out a dreadnought. And then you have the, you have the bombers, the bombers that are like from, from World War II and they drop bombs and they're slow. I'm, 
Sorry, I can go on for hours about this. And then how Ray and her hero's journey where no, take she your has, time. Take your she time. has she has no trials, she has no hardship. She's stronger in the force than everyone. She can annihilate Kylo Ren with no training. She she's better than like I'm like I'm like yeah, she can be powerful, but like I need to understand why. You you, you can't just say she's powerful when she's powerful. You know, I need to understand where that's coming from. And then, my gosh, the most cheesy scene, worse than anything Hayden Christensen ever said, is when Rose crashes into Finn, probably kill, should have killed him. He should have died. And then she's like, what, what, what is the line even? We're, we're not going to win by like killing the bad guys. It's by saving those we love. And then she kisses him. I'm just like. He was trying to save the people you love. I'm just like, what? Like. That, that was almost as bad as when as the next movie with a kiss. We'll get to that. Um, but the reason I gave it a D minus is because the one redeeming factor. Oh, and also Admiral Holdo and what the oh my gosh that so many plot holes where she rammed the spaceship into uh, the giant star destroyer. So many plot holes on that. Such a stupid thing. Why why did she not tell them what her plan was? Why did she act like she was a traitor? Casino then, World area was so stupid too. Oh yeah, the casino that was a waste of time. And then the whole like Let's free the him. whole the, the whole slicer where he was gonna help him slice into the ship, but he betrayed them. And then now BB 8s the best fighter. Captain Phasma, waste of a character. What was her point of her? Finn loves Ray, but he doesn't. Everything uh, we were excited about was trashed upon. That's why I don't yeah, get how you can give it a Paxson, how do you say Force Awakens is good and you're excited about it, and then you come into Last Jedi and it literally just took a big dump on it. But yeah, I really feel like The Last Jedi, and maybe this is me just being a bitter fan, was basically Disney giving Star Wars fandom the middle finger, saying, you expected all of this, you wanted all of this, this was going to be cool, but you're an idiot, and this is what we're actually going to give you. It was like, the literally, like, there's literally a scene, a line where Luke says, you expected me to go to the first door and fight them with a laser sword. I remember being like, yes, I've wanted to see you ball out and go... OP Jedi my entire life. He like, dies from a force projection too? That's so stupid. Uh, and just, uh, so interviews with Mark Hamill, he even talks about how he views the Luke Skywalker character as someone else. He's like, in my head, I had to play him as Jake Skywalker because Luke Skywalker is not this person. This is a different character. Please. And like, I get it. I get it. Like, you're, you're trying to, you know, change, like, avoid expectations, subvert them and such, which is fine, but it has to be believable. And that's funny for me to say about, you know, a drama about space wizards. But even, like, there has to be some believability. You're like, you can go from A to B, but you can't go from A to the color red. You know, like, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's just not possible. And so, yeah, I just, the best way I can describe this movie is, is I saw it twice. I haven't seen it since. The second time I saw it, there was a guy sleeping in the back snoring during the entire movie. I think that describes it perfectly. The way I see it, this, these are Star uh, Wars variants from the originals. And the Mandalorian is actually the real timeline. So these are just like variant versions of the Star Wars story. So you don't have to really take it serious. Just the Mandalorian's back to the original canon. So we're good. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what else I got to say. I'm sorry if that sounded like a rant, but just the, the last Jedi to me is kind of what killed me off of Star Wars. Like I love Star Wars, but the Disney stuff to me ever since the last Jedi has just been meh. You know, the last Jedi had its problems. I'm not going to try and defend Casino Royale in Canto Bight. I'm not going to try and pretend the scenes with Finn and Rose were 
easy to get through, to say the least. Or that there wasn't some cringe with the way Disney treated our fandom. But I will say, and I will defend, mm-hmm. that this was the movie Star Wars needed if we wanted it to go any further than what we understood as just a series about the Skywalker family. So, And it failed. Mean? Well, here we're going to get into it. Okay. The Last Jedi tries to do something different that Star Wars just didn't do before. It tries to assume or show us this idea that Star Wars isn't about family lineage or blood or some people are have to be part of a family of the Force in order to have the Force. It tries to show us that there's a, a Star Wars world out there where some things just happen. And sometimes we have to let the things we love go. We have to let the past die. <laughs> Kill it if now, you have to. <laughs> you know what? Disney messed up on this movie. I won't. I won't pretend like this. You is gave a great it an A minus, though. Yeah, it's a it's a fun movie. You I like think this it is better than Revenge Dude, of the Sith. He, he he loved the shirtless Kylo suits. Like, the, oh yeah, like, he was swole. He was okay. swole. Hold on, you're not even letting me finish. You guys just want to talk talk crap on this. Paxson you know Skip Bayless, right here. Jeez. <laughs> Here's what's up. The Luke Skywalker that you thought you knew was a figment of your imagination. It was the dun, Luke dun, Skywalker dun. you wanted this whole time, but you made him into something he wasn't. You took all those moments in the original trilogy where Luke showed his weaknesses, and you pretended that they didn't exist. You thought that because many years had passed, he had to be this perfect Jedi that you only imagined existed but really didn't. Luke, Hmm. while he is the Master Jedi, he had his weaknesses. We saw in Episode 6 how he had trouble controlling his anger. We saw in Episode 5 how he let his feelings get the best of him. And we saw how he always seemed to sometimes give up when things were hard. And that's exactly what he does does in The Last Jedi. And it's the perfect representation of who Luke is, a, is, a, is as a character. And while the cinematography of how Luke dies and what he does in the movie is somewhat flawed, it is the perfect character arc for who Luke is. So, kids, listening at home, Paxson says, your heroes will let you down, and they suck. So if you have <laughs> heroes, they're going to let you down. And they they will. And you know what? They're going to mess up. Those heroes are more relatable than ever when they fail. Because if we don't see failure, we never see the light. He lost his hand. Was that not good failure? Oh, gosh. We should probably move on. We're going to go on for another hour. You know what? We saw. I I admit The Last Jedi has many flaws. No, you don't. You said it was an A minus. Hey, that's a flawed (laughs) movie. It's not an A. Dude, no. I don't know. Like, so like I understand your point. Like, I understand where you're coming from. I don't. But, but to me, like, <laughs> I, I, I just feel like it's a stretch to, to have someone who – so I'm talking about Luke now – to have someone who had a father that was a genocidal maniac and that refused to kill him and that, like, was able to see the good when no one else could see the good. We should have just done a podcast on this movie. He refused to kill the Emperor when he could have. He refused to kill his father. 
And then all of a sudden, he, his, he has a bad dream. And he, he sees that his nephew's a little evil. He's like, hey, I'm going to murder him now. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, I could, I could, it, to me, it would have been more believable as if he had distanced himself from, from Ben. Instead of going in and try to murder him, just try to distance himself and ignore him. And then, you know, Ben starts to get these feelings of, oh, I'm being neglected. I need to find someone, you know, to help me. And then Snoke slash Palpatine reaches out to him. But it's just, to the way that it was handled of, oh, Luke's now going to murder teenagers. Like, that was just, I don't know. I, I just. But he like, did like it, I, though. He had, he had this fleeting moment, he describes, where he forgot who he was. Because that's who Luke is. He oh, gets no, just, scared in the moments where things aren't going exactly right. But, like, to, like, reach for your lightsaber, like, oh, I'm going to murder you. you know? Like, obviously, he didn't try to try strike him down. But, like, it's just, uh, it's just, I... I, 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 I can't, ugh, it's just cringeworthy to me. Ugh. I would love then, to try. Then once, I would love once to go again, on this for a while. All right. Once again. Uh, all right. Yeah. I, I need to stop. I can go on forever. Ugh. So star Wars nine, the rise of sky. Oh no, I skipped one, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, so uh, so, so the star Wars story. Let's just give our grades. Okay. C plus. Uh, C. C minus, but all underrated. Right. I will add. Yeah. Definitely underrated. A lot of potential. It's yeah, fun. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like this is people hated Last Jedi and they took it out on Solo. Like, it's a good movie, just not. It's not needed. That's all yeah. I gotta say about it. Uh, I'm gonna skip Star Wars Resistance. Uh, I did not watch that. Neither I watched the season. It's pretty unremarkable. Pretty bad. Okay. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Solo got seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Star Wars Nine. <laughs> let's let's somehow keep this somewhat short, but we Ooh. can we can make some comments. Uh, Josh, what did you give Star Wars Nine? F. Paxson. D plus. I gave it an F. <laughs> so I give back to back F. Goodness, this movie. It was like a sequel. It was like they tried to make. It was like they're like, hey, we're not making Star Wars Eight part of canon it's just this is going to be a sequel to episode seven <laughs> pretty much but oh darcinius is alive complete yep. the ritual i was so anxious watching this movie in theaters like i felt like my heart was skipping it was like moving at such a weird pace i was like i felt like the movie's moving in fast forward i've never even watched it since the theaters it's so yeah cringy yeah I've, i had no desire to watch it since seeing yep. it once in theaters yep i saw it once too and that's just Gosh, that kiss! Can we can we talk about the kiss? Like, no, no. Was 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 I the only one who was like, "What?" It, I I think I was like, "What?" In the theater, I was like, "That's gross." I can't remember what I did, but I will uh, put. I will say this is over Star Wars Eight because I blame Star Wars Eight for how bad Star Wars Nine was. Mm. See, Star Wars Eight makes at least a little bit of sense. This one is just they were like, they just like put a piece of paper in a shredder and then taped it back together again. If you want a positive thing to see, say is he was attempting to fix Star Wars because Star Wars 8 ruined it. And he just... <laughs> it's like trying to make mashed potatoes, but he was just giving poo out of it. And it's like, hey, I'm going to try to make this good again. It's like, well, you can't. It's mashed poo. It's, you it, know, it's garbage. I think, I think The Rise of Skywalker could have been better... If they had embraced what they did in The Last Jedi to some degree. But they didn't. They tried to rewrite everything and pretend it didn't happen. And this was really a product of Disney 
not having any planning in terms yeah. of making the sequel trilogy. There, there are reports out yeah. there that say that the they did not know how it was going to end even in after finishing The Last Jedi and beginning filming of The Rise of Skywalker. And the result, having, having multiple directors having to make these movies, not knowing what the final outcome is, is really what drove the sequel series to ashes. And you know what? Yeah. The Rise of, Rise of Skywalker is just a fever dream of crazy Star Wars things that happen. And you have to just sit through it, hope something's happening, and you just see a thousand Star Destroyers above your head with horses riding on them, and you don't know what to think about it <laughs> until the end of it. Uh, I he, about that. And now he can oh shoot force lightning at, at the spaceships now? Like, I mean, that was a cool scene. I like that. But, but that was a cool scene. You set like rules in your universe of what power is, if that makes sense. Oh, and force heal. Force yeah, heal. For, like you set certain rules of what you can and can't do in your universe, and it and broke the rules there. And now you have like what what, is, what do they call that? Um, they do uh, they go into light speed, light speed, lights, light speed jumping or hopping or whatever. Yeah, like and I they're just... trying to follow each other. It's just like oh, I can't even imagine trying to write my way around that for some future Star Wars trilogy in the future that happens after this. <laughs> I will say what you said. It should have embraced what eight did, but I say the same thing for eight. If it just embraced what seven was, I think the trilogy as a whole. Would have ended up much better. Yeah, maybe. Like, yeah, but, even if it is it, a cheap repeat, if it just embraced it, maybe the series as a whole turns out better. Uh, because, like I said, we I think most people dug episode seven, and it was just like, oh, Snoke, <laughs> race parents. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, this movie really made me hate J.J. Abrams as a director. I just. Yeah, that's true. Don't know. Mm-hmm. I think he tries too much to make these dream movies of his fandom, and he doesn't. He doesn't think everything through. And maybe there's writers involved. And Disney is a big problem through all ever since Disney started owning Star Wars. There's been problems in pretty much every movie. So here's the problem with eight and nine. It's like. It would, it would be like going into Infinity War, hyped about Thanos, and then the next movie, it's like, ah, oh, Thanos, he's nothing. Gone. And then Star Wars 9 is like, oh, actually, he's alive. And it's like, what, 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 what? What's going I on would have liked. I would have liked him to try and do something with Rey related to either Kenobi or some other offshoot character we knew from the prequels or from the original series. But instead, yeah, they brought in Palpatine as a almost like a filler to help try to market this movie and hopefully make it fun again. And it didn't work. Nope. So the only thing I have to say is every, every um, seat, every trilogy ends with Palpatine hitting himself with force lightning. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, got to be careful. Not good plot writing there. Well, right, in, si- in six, it was fine, but the next one is everyone was pretty burned out about Star Wars, and then came the Mandalorian. Two seasons of it. Mm-hmm. What'd you give it, Josh? I gave it a B minus. Paxson, I, I gave it a B. I gave it a B minus. So we're back. We're all friends again. <laughs> yeah. Woo! So yeah. So this yeah, is I'll the go. way. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and start. Um, the reason it's a B minus for me is that there's some really cool moments. You know, when you see. 
the child Baby Yoda starts using the Force. Um, certain moments of the Mandalorian, you know, fighting enemies. But it's a B minus to me because there's a lot of filler episodes. There's a lot that I don't need, and I hate I hate so much how the stormtroopers are just cannon fodder. Like they are no threat. Like literally, the Mandalorian can kill like a hundred of them without a problem. And so that to me, like they're they're your main bad guys, and he can just mow them down basically like the rants. But yeah, like I think it's a it's a good it's a good show. I don't know if I'd ever rewatch it again, but it's got cool moments. You know, um, the, uh, the Luke Skywalker scene, amazing. But yeah, it's that's what we wanted from the sequels. Was that Luke Skywalker? Am I wrong? That is one hundred percent what I wanted, and, and maybe I'm terrible for saying that. And maybe okay. that is the Luke Skywalker that we understood at that time. But as he grew older, no more of this, saw... Paxton. Dang it! No. <laughs> All right, but you know what? I Amber's probably like, morning. "Shut up, King! I'm trying to sleep." <laughs> You know, with with Mandalorian, I think we start to see this effect of Disney Plus on uh, on the Star Wars universe, where they have to create filler epi- episodes just to have um, content Money. for us to watch and keep the subscriptions going. And really, in every every one of these Disney Plus series, they could have been two episodes shorter, and they would have been a lot better because of it. But we're not doing that yet, unfortunately. Shout out to John Favreau, by the way. He's he started Iron Man. He started this. He did Elf. He really some uh, classic stuff. I think I think the Mandalorian was just a good palate cleanser for Star Wars. Uh, actually, that's why some people are mad Luke showed up. They're like, "Oh, don't bring the Skywalkers back." We like the why not? separation. That's cool. But. So, so Keegan, is he as good as Christopher Nolan? No, no. Okay, okay, good, 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 good. Another podcast where we'll do Nolan films. Oh, prestige, oh, great movie. So, but yeah, I I think there's great. I think they Boba Fett in the series was cool. Uh, Ahsoka <laughs> was cool. But and it, oh, and then we have to bring up Grogu. Uh, Baby Yoda, one of the biggest cult classics ever. Brilliant. Uh, that's really what got this show so popular. It, they nailed it with Baby Yoda. Very first episode. That's Absolutely. what carried the series. It wasn't yeah. even the Mandalorian show. It was the Baby Yoda show. I I love when was. he eats. I love when he eats the like frog lady's eggs. That's probably my favorite scene. It's and you, you know, you have to wonder. I, I don't fully know if they're doing a Mandalorian season three, but you have to wonder. They are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. They are. You have to wonder if they're even again be able to hold up to what um, Mandalorian was able to do because of having this character like Rogu, and that's where Star Wars really shines is being able to balance this nerdiness, this awesomeness with fighting and the you know the scope of the galaxy you're in, and then also the story. Um, and sometimes Star Wars is just missing one of those elements in all of these. And Mandalorian had a really good balance, other than having a, f- a few filler episodes I didn't care for. But yeah, that's how I, like the good episodes of the Mandalorian are actually like A level episodes, but then the other episodes are kind of D. Yeah. So that's why kind of balance it at B minus. But uh, last thing, I don't. Some of us haven't seen Boba Fett. Uh, have you been watching it, Paxson? Yeah, I, I've been watching it. What would you um, give it so far? An F. 
<laughs> I I mean, I I'm giving it a D minus, just holding out. Maybe the so, ending redeems itself, but I, yeah, it's, we'll it's, have to see. It's rough nothing, to watch. It's like a nothing, chore. It, it is much of it's a chore, and it feels like the writers don't really have something to write about. They just have to create episodes. And I don't know if I've seen a worse Star Wars scene than that speeder bike slow chase scene in like episode two or three. And it is just the cheesiest, probably some of the worst practical effects I've ever seen of Star Wars. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah, I've uh, I've not seen a single episode. Are we, do you want to talk about Bad Batch at all? Oh yeah, I skipped Bad Batch. I watched most of that. I'd probably just give it like a D. The, you mean the bed bitch? Oh. <laughs> oh. Keep this PG. Great. Now I have to put explicit on I, this. I, I did not say a bad word. I was saying bed bitch. As okay. In Austra- I was trying to do a really bad Australian accent because. Oh, because of Omega. Omega. Yeah, because Omega goes, oh, the bed bitch. <laughs> Dude, this this is the only. I have an F. Because I watched the first episode was amazing. I don't know if you guys watched the first episode. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was you good. Know, first episode or sixty six. You have um, you have Tarkin, and then it's just a dumpster fire. I think I watched four episodes. I'm like I hate this, so I stopped watching it. And if you can't keep my attention, my attention, I'm easily pleased. Then then you deserve an F. So that's that's all I gotta say. <laughs> well. The last thing I want to bring up, so we've gone through all the Star Wars movies and TV shows and graded them. We're actually pretty close on most of them. Uh, obviously, I like Revenge of the Sith a little bit more than y'all. And then Josh really likes The Last Jedi. So yeah. <laughs> uh, It's all me, dude. All me. Real quickly, what's your hype on these upcoming projects? Mandalorian Season 3. You in or out? Um, I like 60% in. Okay. I'm I'm pretty cold on it. I don't know what they could do to expand on this story much further. I oh, think yeah. I, I think I, I would like if they actually get into Mandalorian lore and more into the dark saber. That would awesome, be cool. But I don't know if they're gonna do it. Yeah, they probably won't. You're right. They'll probably spend like two or three episodes filling it up, and then they'll give us a final season finale that is really awesome, but could have happened two or three episodes earlier. I think. It's done well so far, so it deserves the benefit of the doubt until further notice. So I'm definitely in. Darksaber sounds like elements of uh, Rebels might be coming in. So it should be interesting. Uh, Andor, in or out? Out. Out, but I'm sure it'll be fun to watch eventually. I'm out. I I just don't know who this is for. Like, it's a minor character in a minor movie. Who cares? It gives a crap. Uh, Ahsoka, in or out? In, I think this will, be, this will be great if they if they actually write it well and they, you know, make it important to the universe. We'll see. Great casting choice with uh, Miss Dawson. Def- definitely Miss Dawson. Yeah, she she's definitely everything Ray should have been as Ahsoka. I I love her. She's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I like her in uh, the Marvel Netflix shows too. <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi, in or out. You know, of course I'm going to be excited for it, but I'm a little nervous about why they're bringing this kind of bringing conflict with Obi-Wan and Darth Vader back in because I'm not sure how it's going to feel 
or whether it's going to make the original original trilogy feel less important in some way or another. I'm I'm worried that they're going to try and kind of teeter their way around what the trilogy told us and try to make it write a different story than what we thought we knew. Josh, um, I love Ewan McGregor. He's a great actor, you know. But I kind of agree with Paxton. Like, what is there more to tell? Like, he's a hermit who lives on Tatooine. Like, I don't really know what you would write about. Oh, he fights Tusken Raiders. Oh, he fights a um, he fights a giant sand dragon. Like, I don't know. Like, I love I love Obi Wan, but I'm not really sure what you'd do with it. So yeah, yeah. they are bringing Hayden Christensen back. Mm. Um, I do think there will be an Obi-Wan Darth Vader battle. Uh, I think you can kind of work the script from episode four. It says the last time we met, I was the master. Uh, so that wouldn't really imply the battle of revenge of the Sith. It could imply another battle in some way, but you and McGregor, I, I would say I'm in. Yeah. And then uh rogue squadron. I'm out on that. I don't really care. Uh, if if they do really well with the CGI and the space battles, I think it could be fun. But mm-hmm. they also have to fill it in with good characters, and hopefully it's not cheesy. But we'll see. And then there's just whispers about like a potential Star Wars project by Kevin Feig. Feige. Kevin Feig. Kevin Feige. Uh, I mean, again, benefit of the doubt. I mean, he's done well with the MCU, so I I'm curious to see what he does. Yeah, what definitely. about what about the acolyte? Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess I don't know enough to really say in or out on that. We'll see. There there should be like an Old Republic series coming oh, out. Oh, that would that be amazing. No, it's supposed to happen during the High Republic. So like all the new oh, comics they just made. Yep. But yep. yeah, they, they need to do an Old Republic. That is such golden content that they're missing. But they'd probably, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, am, I am just not very high on Disney right now because it feels like yeah. Disney is just toying with us and they know we're gonna we're gonna we're suckers and we're just gonna watch whatever they give us i don't know if they're truly incentivized to try new things and this goes back to why i like the last jedi last jedi felt like it actually took risks for once in star wars beyond just what george lucas tried to do and obviously it was only the second time disney was doing something big but it still felt like oh yeah this is what we need in star wars is more risks and we're not getting we're not getting any risks right now and that's what's really important to me you know, gambling's a risk, and you can lose it all. You could, but... Not using birth control's a risk, you could have a child. <laughs> and... <laughs> yes, The Last Jedi completely failed. So basically, there's three constants. Death, taxes, and The Last Jedi was garbage. It's the most controversial film maybe ever. Well, um... Uh, okay. No, not ever. Not well... Ever. Star- Here's my last thought. As I went through the grades, I realized Star Wars is actually overrated. I was telling Paxson this, this the other day. If you actually go from recent grades, the idea of Star Wars is amazing. The actual content's kind of meh. I mean, think about it. I mean, you take away the originals, Star Wars 1, 2, meh, meh, meh. I mean, the sequels, unless you're Paxson and you're... Th- yeah, I don't oh. think the sequels are good by any means. You I gave it an A. Okay, I think well, we all. It sounds like Paxson really gave the Last Jedi like a C, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe I B, maybe I gave it a good lay, good grade just to argue about it. But okay, no, that's fair. Paxson Bayless. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not one to stick to my opinions. <laughs> but and then uh, you know, Rogue One, Solo, whatever. 
you know, Boba Fett's not looking too great. And the Mandalorian, you know, even despite its greatness, just has a lot of filler. And it's all just kind of like going back to a show that's a movie that started back in 1977, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really have to use the refresher. So I really, <laughs> I'd really prefer if we finish this up. Yeah, let's go for it. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for both coming on today. Mm-hmm. We will be sure to have you both back. Uh, there, I know there's other range of topics you're both interested in. Uh, maybe we'll do a Pokemon draft part two and maybe get y'all involved. Maybe. Ooh. Yeah. It's, uh, Dra- draft both... Mewtwo again? Oh, maybe we'll do Generation 2 this time. Draft Ho-Ho. Lugia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, please subscribe. Josh Paxson. Tell people you're on a podcast so we can break our viewer record. See, don't you want that? I don't think I want to hear. I don't think I want anyone to hear what I said on this show tonight. I I completely agree with you. I hate the sound of my voice. I <laughs> wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want my voice on record saying what I said about the last Jedi if I was Paxson either. So I mean, <laughs> probably, you know, doesn't want to get fired. Well, from his only, job. only history will will fired say from his job. They probably promote him these days. <laughs> Awesome. But yeah, it was uh, great talking to you guys, even if your certain opinions are terrible. All right. I think I broke my promise of Last Jedi shots, so I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, everyone have a good rest of your night in a galaxy far away. This is The Socialist. Have a good night. Bye.